I'm Jasmine. And I'm Erica. And this is Church Days, a call and response to Christianity and the culture. Hey, everyone. We're back again. Hi there. Howdy. (laughs) So something funny, I think I sent you guys um, on Instagram was uh, Kevin on stage is how how black people uh, interpret the weather. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, that was funny. (laughs) So I'm like notorious for that. Like I I will wake up in the morning and and my watch, I have an iWatch. And so it tells me like the, the, you know, the degrees and everything outside. But I will still ask like Marcus or whoever's in the house with me at the time, like how cold is it outside? (laughs) Like as if as if I can't turn off, turn on the, um, the TV and or even walk outside like on the balcony. And just to feel it. I don't know. I don't know why we do that. Is that I don't I felt like it was just me, but I think it's like maybe every black person does that. <laughs> I I would say Gross. a good segment of the population. Like I think the part that like really resonated with me is just like sticking your hand outside yeah. just to like feel yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh, oh like, no. Yeah. Oh no. Uh-uh. How hot is hot and how cold is cold? Yes, that's I'm, uh-huh. I'm the same way. Stick the hand out. <laughs> Every time my mom calls me, she's like, um, is it raining over there? It's raining over here. I'm like, mom, we're in two different states. It doesn't work like that. That's funny. It's raining on your side of town. Yeah. I'm like, uh, it's raining up there. It's not raining here. I, I promise so you. Funny. I just thought that was really funny. But Even though I feel know. like this wasn't super recently, but y'all remember we had, it was an earthquake or something, maybe a couple months ago. Were oh, we texting yes. about that? Did y'all feel I think that? We, Yes, I, like I was texting y'all about that. Yeah, I don't even was I in the state? Oh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I know I was. I was like, I was actually laying in bed. It was around August when it happened. Oh, it was I think it might have been in Chicago. Oh, you might not so have felt it. Yeah. So it was around. Right I think there. it was around my birthday. Yeah. Yeah, I was laying in bed and I like stood up because I was getting ready to like, you know, get out of bed and I was sitting up in the bed and I felt it kind of sway. And I was like, no. That can't be. That was probably the moment I should have called people and been like, hey, y'all feel that? Right. <laughs> What's happening? You feel it over there? In the <laughs> and then like my phone like started vibrating and it was like all my friends in like different cities were like, did y'all feel that? Did y'all feel that? And I was like, oh, it wasn't just me. I'm like, maybe that mm-hmm. was the thing. Then I Googled it and it was. And I was like, oh, this is okay. Real. Yeah. You know, not dizzy. the occasional earthquake on the East Coast. It's fine. It's scary. I don't ever want to lift it. I don't even want to talk about it because I'm, I'm not even trying to bring that into, uh, you know, fruition. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh, wake up in the morning and the earth is moving. Yeah. No, Lord, we don't want that. No, just the, you know, um, the occasional cold weather followed by sunny weather yes. in the same day. North Carolina, North Carolina weather is ridiculous. The fact that it can be like winter and summer literally yeah, in the same 24 hours. Yes. Yes, that is true. But which is why we need to call people and ask them how cold is it outside? That's fair. <laughs> how many cold, layers cold? you have on? Yeah. I know I ask that all the time. Like, especially being if you're at work all day and then it's like I don't know have any concept of what's really happening outside. So before I go out, I'm like, how was it? How was it outside? Mm-hmm. Jacket? No jacket. Three jackets? Tell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what should I do? Yeah. Agreed. What are we getting into today, y'all? We're still so, in March. Yeah, we're still in March. I want to talk more about women. All right. We, I like this well, We're women, so let's yeah, do that. Let's do that. So um, what's one thing that you guys hate doing as a woman? Um, I'll start. I'll make it easier if you guys want. Go for it. Go for I, it. So I just washed my hair, and that is a challenge. It's, yes. it's like something like I, once I like say I'm going to do it, um, sometimes I put it off like another three days because I'm like just so stressed out about washing my hair because it's so thick. And then I just kind of like put head in water and I'm like, okay, there's no turning back now. You <laughs> committed. Yeah. It's wet. You can't walk around like this. And then it, the combing out process is just, it's not something I look forward to. Like I am not yeah. I, like I I like commend like the bloggers who are all about like natural hair products and take the time to actually like invest all this time in their hair. I am not that person. 
I mean, but you're also not getting paid for it. So that's true. There's Maybe that. Change it. <laughs> right. If you were getting paid for it, I bet you would invest <laughs> that time. Y'all already know I'm not into trying to figure out this hair situation. I want to pay someone else. That's fair. To do it. And this too. is not my forte. So yes, the, up, the upkeep, like the whole upkeep of being a woman, like part of it is nice because it's kind of can be pampering, but it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And it can, be, yeah. it can be really expensive. Like I don't like doing my hair, own hair. I just, it's, I never took to it. So that's fine. Um, So that's money. And then like, I like to get my nails done. I could totally do it myself, but also Lots of practice during COVID, still pretty trash at it. Um, <laughs> so once again, it's like all these things that I'm like, gosh, it's expensive. Yeah. I, like I want it, to, it helps nice to feel nice and look nice, you know, feel your best. But like. It's a lot to keep mm-hmm. up with. It's a lot to keep up. Me and my sister mm-hmm. were talking about it. Like it's, just, it's, it's expensive and it's mm-hmm. time consuming. And uh, yeah, that. So That's what are some fair. things you guys hate doing? I hate wearing heels. Oh, those too. A lot. <laughs> I like buying them. They look pretty, <laughs> but then it's like, but these hurt my feet. I and like it, nice it could be, you know, wedge. the the more, ex- yes, I need a good black heel. Black then I'm, heel. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, I'm sure like the more, or hopefully the more expensive the heels are, the more, the less they hurt. That's but, not true. No, okay. No, All right. You know, I I had hope. I had hope. <laughs> I read something that um Christian Louis Vuitton, like he he says that he does not make shoes for comfort. And I mean, well, those shoes are expensive. And if you look at them, you're like, there's no way that I could walk in this. And I have yet to meet somebody in real life who has walked in them and stayed in those shoes. They usually mm-hmm. come out of them at some right. point. Yeah, so, straight. I don't think they're comfortable. I don't think the more expensive your shoes, the more comfortable they are. Mm-mm. Well, sneakers. You know, my shoes out the window. <laughs> flats. I mean, I, yeah, flats. Nice little, flats. Uh, oh, you know, I love a solid booty. So, yes, boots. Booties boots. for life. Yes. <laughs> I guess okay. are sneakers summer boots? Is that I an guess. equivalent? <laughs> or did I just like make something up? <laughs> like that. I can see how they can go together. <laughs> because you got you also got the high top sneakers, mm-hmm. you got the the low ones, you got the mid, just like boots. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can rock with it. Okay. I'm just trying to make myself sound <laughs> not as strange as I think I'm sounding. It's fine. <laughs> what about you, Jasmine? What 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 I hate? Mm-hmm. Oh about- you, yeah, like like what? Like what? What would you change about being a woman? Oh gosh! Or don't like doing? Oh yeah, I told you about it. Like I said, the upkeep, girl. Yeah. Oh, the upkeep. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So I kind of want to talk to you guys about the power of a woman. And as I was like trying to come up with what that means, I thought about a song, and I'll I'll read it. I won't sing it, but um. <laughs> Was a very smart man who came up with this. Um, he said, "It is a man's world, but it wouldn't be nothing, nothing without a woman or a girl." James, James Brown. Yes, James Brown, nineteen sixty-six. And I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, I, uh, clearly I wasn't around back then, but he, I think he was onto something. And I don't, you know, I think a lot of men would probably agree that if women weren't around, this, you know, it'd probably be a boring world. But there are many women in the Bible that we could have talked about and um, discussed. But as I was thinking more and more about it, I thought about like what stage I'm in and like being a newlywed and trying to understand like what my role as a woman is um, kind of led me to um, Eve. And so I wanted to talk about the first woman in the Bible because we see with Eve like what was the reason that God created her? Um, And so I'm going to read a few scriptures. um, But first I want to say, you know, if we want to know the purpose of something, we would have to go to the person who created it. Mm, That's good. Just like Mm -hmm. um, if you guys ever bought something, I'm like, I don't know about you guys. I don't read manuals. You guys read manuals. Not until it's broke. Yeah. Boom. (laughs) <laughs> I don't even read it then. I probably like once something, bre- unless it breaks, like before I get my money's worth and it's like maybe a big appliance, like a washer and dryer, I might 
read it, but I'm not going to read like a coffee maker. I'm just going to look at the box and see how it looks put together. And I'm just going to go from there. I'm not going to like read the instructions. Right. Mm -hmm. But the Bible is a manual of how we should live and how we should go about, you know, certain tribulations and and what we should look out for. So it's kind of like it's there to help guide us. And so I thought it would be smart to just go and see why God created Eve. Um, so in Genesis 1, it's uh, the Bible describes the creation of the entire universe. Um, as part of that story, men and women are created. They're actually formed in Genesis 127. Um, I'll read Genesis 126 through 27. I'm coming from the, the NIV. Then God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our own likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all of all the wild animals and over all create and sorry, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. So there's two words that I kind of thought about make and create. And the word make in Hebrew is, I think I'm saying it right, Asha, which means to form from something. And create, bara in Hebrew means made from nothing. So nothing and something. So what did God use to create man? If you guys can like kind of remember. The earth. The earth. Yeah, yeah, dust. Yeah. Like dust, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and then the nothing part, I was like, well, he didn't use nothing, but it came from him. And so God is the subject in the sentence and create comes after God. So he must have used himself. So we came from him and we came from the dust. And then as you go through um, Genesis chapter two, it narrows the focus on the creation of the first man, giving additional details and helping us to see the humanity and special um, humanity is special among all the rest of creation. So in Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Genesis 2, 8, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The first place that God took the male was the Garden of Eden, which can represent the presence of God. Um, and he told him to, in Genesis 2.15, the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So the first thing that God wanted the male to do, which was Adam, was to be in his presence. The second thing was for him to work. The third thing was for him to cultivate and take care of the garden. And then the fourth thing was to protect it. So these are kind of like the foundation for what Adam was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. In Genesis 2, 16, 17, God gives the command to not touch the tree. And I always joke about this because I'm like, if someone tells me not to touch something and I can't, there's no use, then why would I leave it there? So I'm like, yeah, would, mm -hmm. as a woman, if we were there, what would we have done? Probably I mean, cut it down. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean that's something that I've thought about. It's like God kind of set them up for the okie doke. Like <laughs> if you didn't want me to touch it, what, why why is it even here? Yeah, I still don't understand that. I don't know if it, I think that maybe the tree symbolized choice. free will. Yeah, free yeah. will. Um, but yeah, it does feel like he kind of set them up. Like you put them in this beautiful garden. Well, you put Adam in this beautiful garden, and you told them not to touch the the, the nicest thing there. It's mm -hmm. kind of like somebody telling you not to push the red button. You're probably going to mm -hmm. push it. Yeah. Um, and in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. When God created man and woman, he created them equal. Different purposes, but equal. The purpose was in what, I believe to be the male and the female, which is their gender. Um, sex. And the, yeah, there's their sex. And in Genesis 2, 22, 
this is where I think the fun began. Um, the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her into, brought her to the man. So we see here like the difference with how women were made and how a man was made or Adam was made. Adam was formed. Women were, were made and made in Hebrew is to build. So God built us. It's almost like he took more time with a design. Isn't that your sister's name? Bana? It is. Yeah. Her name actually means flower though. I think, I think that's what her name means. But yeah, I thought that was interesting because when I looked up the um, pronunciation, it's not spelled that like that. It's not, it's spelled B-A-N-A-H. Her name is just B-A-N-A. But yeah, it's um, pronounced Bana. But God builds us as women, which gives some sense of adding what was not there when he formed um, Adam. What do you guys think he did differently with us? I mean, I, I think, and this is in generalizations, that women are, are typically more in tune with emotions and, and feelings, whereas men a lot of times are very, like, logical and, and straightforward in their thinking. I'd agree with that. I mean, you know, if you think about it, like God took made woman from the rib of Adam and ribs are, are there to protect some of your most vital organs. And, um, and so like, it's so close to the heart and it protects the heart. And I don't know. I just think that I agree with Erica that women are definitely more uh, emotions based, feelings based, um, but I'd agree too that, you know, women are also help. Most women are help-based too. Like they see mm-hmm. a need and they try to fill it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think men are try to rectify situations. Like they see something, they try to make it, fix it. Men are fixers mm-hmm. where women are mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, like helpers, encouragers. Um, mm-hmm. They try to raise people up. Yeah. Instead of fix it, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Which makes sense. Like going back to what you were talking about earlier, like the 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 purposes or the the tasks that a man was was given is very task oriented. Do this mm-hmm. work, um, protect, take care of this this area. So mm-hmm. it's very much task oriented, um, which probably has like a logical progression. Like this is how we this is how we tend the garden. We got this step and then this step and this step and we follow the steps and then boom. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like a lot of women, it's. A, a lot more it's like but you know this plant needs different care than this plant mm-hmm. and what about all of these things it's like the intricacies that um and again still speaking in generalizations that sometimes men overlook because they're focused on just the overall task sometimes yeah. they don't get into like the details mm-hmm. yeah Great. that's good I think you see that a lot too especially in today's um today's world why do you think he let um why do you think he had Adam fall asleep before he built the woman. Because he can't handle <laughs> no pain. <laughs> He's been out here. Can you imagine you if he was like awake for all of this and he saw God create a woman? I'm I sure Adam more, probably. I think men would be more sensible. No shade to men, but I think they'd be a lot more sensible and a lot more compassionate <laughs> at baseline. Um, but but yeah, I think it's because, um, yeah, he couldn't. He could, God knew what he created and knew his strengths and limitations. Mm-hmm. And so it's best to just let you take your nap and then you'll wake up with this beautiful surprise next to you. Beautiful you think surprise. if he was awake, he might've tried to give input. Like, this is what, this is what I want you to create. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah I, like, I that, didn't like that. <laughs> I think he would have probably, I think Adam probably would have created more. It's like, oh, that's how you do it. Okay. Well, let me go ahead and go back <laughs> and make some more of these because these are good. I like this. I like this. <laughs> but funny. I just I just thought about something. Um, the rib, like so Jasmine, is it true? I I'm I can't remember anything from anatomy and physiology, but like, <laughs> is it true that like your ribs are aren't they different? Like left, left so they say like your right side has more 
because it's protecting the heart or it sits differently is your left side the left side of- left side i mean i heard that but don't get me to lying i'm not i don't I should have know googled how many it before on either side I'm that's not- what people say but it, it just it's really it kind of um yeah i've heard it before like one side is um but the, you know the the science behind it is that like the right side is where your heart is so like it sits differently like your ribs protect are supposed to like protect yeah, the your heart right side no, it's all the same. I, like, I think okay. it's the same, but I think that's the story. That's how the story goes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I th- There's a couple floating ones that don't connect to your rib, or your chest plate. And then after that, uh, I don't know. So y'all are going into places where I just don't, <laughs> I'm just not familiar with. <laughs> yeah, and most people don't care either. Sorry. Yeah, we got all the same ribs. Random, random thought. <laughs> Because we don't um, do, I don't do much with ribs. I don't really care. Yeah, I'm like, I don't remember. And I hated the name <laughs> physiology, but I just thought about that. Like I thought once upon a time I heard that before. I think that's a story that circulates in the churchdoms. Maybe that's where, uh, that's probably See, that's why you got to verify. We had to, we had to <laughs> fact check these, these sayings and stories. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't think that's real, but you know. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, when do you, uh, when when you think of how you ladies lead, what comes to mind? How you guys how lead? What's your pa- what's your yeah? You guys are in like positions of authority, right? Sure. Eh. I guess. I mean, I mean, Erica, please. You can lead without a title. Erica yes. does all the things. So I know. Like, I I think I because nah. I was always iffy. This is also a tangent. Like even like when I used to to supervise students, like I wouldn't want them to like call me their their boss even though like on the paper yes I'm the one who approves their time card but I guess this is still answering the question like I'm a very like team-based oriented leader so it's like I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do this is Mm -hmm. not going to you're not going to be doing this on your own so it's like us working together to to accomplish this goal um sometimes you know if I'm the one that has the most knowledge on the subject I might have to give some directions but I'm very conscious to you know pull on the strengths of the others in the team and to ask for feedback for like big things that's going to affect everybody you may not agree with with everything but you know just getting everybody's opinions and and feedback and buy-in before we move forward with like a big thing that's going to affect everybody so I guess that is a little synopsis of how I lead I would. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I would say a very similar. I'm very team-based too. I love team. Team. The idea of team is like all about it. Um, I'm very much lead by example. I wouldn't ask anyone to do something I wouldn't do. So, um, but that's, but I'm also, uh, I like to have fun and be give instructions, but then try to be like as hands-off as possible, mm-hmm. especially, um, when I give you instruct to me, like if I give you instructions and I feel like you, you say you can do these things and you show it, then I expect you to do it right? and, mm-hmm. and do it and do it well. And, um, I hold people to high esteem that I, I guess, lead quote unquote. So, um, I hope my team always understands the quality. I, I, I strive for quality and high quality every time we perform or do whatever we're set out to do our task and that uh, that's the expectation of them as well so like let's have fun but also let's get the work done yeah Mm -hmm. and we can do both those things Mm -hmm. don't have to be mutually exclusive but I will shut down the fun if the work's not getting done (laughs) you can be serious too (laughs) yes because I (laughs) we're getting this done so fun jasmine is gone and now here comes <laughs> not so fun Jasmine. And no one really likes her. So you just let her live in her cage. Yeah. <laughs> not cage though. Not cage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, cage. <laughs> yeah, I think we um I think uh both men and women um we're definitely both leaders, but we just kind of lead differently. Um I think for me. I would probably be more of an emotional leader. Like, I think I would be thinking like you kind of like you guys touched on it. Like I'd be thinking about other people's feelings mm-hmm. a lot. And um, that's probably something I would have to work on so that, you know, people wouldn't take advantage of me. But I think I would definitely be thinking like, would I, would I do something 
um, you know, this way, or would I be happy if this was asked of me, you know, as a task? I think though, when you do have um, a, an emotional connection with people, I think it helps um, people, people, people are looking for that. I think, I don't know, in my opinion, I know I'm looking for it. So when I think about people that I've had to answer to, um, there were those that were very disconnected from their, their emotions. And then there were some that were like, just right. And I always remember those and would want to work for those people. That makes yeah. sense. You know? Yeah. When I think about, you know, leaders that I've had, like the ones who see my value outside of my productivity, um, what I can produce or just getting the task done and are actually invested in, you know, my development and um, just my wholeness as a, a person um, have been the the best leaders. And I think I've tried to to emulate that in the folks that that I am leading. I like that. Have you guys gone through any challenges or seen women go through challenges simply because they were women? Yeah, yes. We talk about this every episode. <laughs> I know. We were struggling. I, know. I this mean, is... I guess definitely in March. <laughs> yes. And this, this is, is our month. <laughs> this is our month. And I was going to say as a side note, like eventually we're going to have to get some some men on this men. episode or they're yes. going to be like, this is this is a chick podcast. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we're, the male perspective is coming. <laughs> But to your question, absolutely. I think just the way that our society is set up, and we've said it before, it is a patriarchal society. And we see that in various levels from, um, you know, traditional gender roles in the home to if you look at, well, now it probably looks a little bit different. But if you look at like the government, you know, the the highest leaders of the office like this year we just now got our first woman vice president and even Mm -hmm. if you think look at you know how many women are governors or congress people yeah there's definitely a, a disparity in um if you're interested in all of these types of things, so the American Association of University Women, they do like a like a big study of women in leadership and show like the disparities of women in leadership, like across sectors. So like public sector, corporate mm-hmm. education. So like education in particular, there's a lot of women like in like the, the lower roles, so like teachers and like admin. But if you look at like superintendents, college presidents, once you get up higher, you see fewer women um, in those areas. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a thing. That's frustrating. Yeah. I feel like women always feel like um, they have to prove themselves too. Like it's, you know, whether it's at your job or at home, um, even with family, like I feel like you know, growing up, I mean, I'm, I'm one of four and um, it's three girls, including me and then my brother. And it was just, it was, I could just tell like, we had, you know, different conversations because we were women and it was almost like in preparation for adulthood and, and, and beyond, like you're going to go through these things because you're a woman. And I think I've said that before on the pod, on this podcast, but, um, it's a little annoying. Cause it's like, you're, it's, it's like magnified, you know, mm-hmm. throughout your life. And then you, I didn't understand it growing up. I was like, yeah, I'm a girl. Okay, whatever, you know, but as I got, as I got older and I started seeing like less and less of me, you know, the reflection of like having a woman as your boss or, um, you know, of course in my profession, they're everywhere because uh, there's just more women um, in, in, uh, in healthcare. But I just, I don't know. I was a little annoyed growing up. Like, you know, the whole submissive, role was also big Ooh, like in my household episode. yeah I know <laughs> it's like another one even though like even though my mom is not you know she doesn't submit but there were certain things that I was like I'm not cool with this like so I feel like growing up and even I guess up until recently it's still a serious struggle but I agree a lot with y'all about the battles and the struggles of being a woman and trying to make your place and find your mark in society and um, especially in male dominant professions, which are most professions. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, as I have come to learn about myself and myself as a woman, 
when we chat about this a little bit, I think it was last episode, but um, just the influence and the power that me as a woman has. So, Mm -hmm. so instead of, and this for me is not, um, it's something, it's a muscle that I have to strengthen, but like the Mm -hmm. finesse and the, um, it's sometimes, and we talked about this, you know, gentle and quiet spirit, but sometimes the, the power that I, as a woman hold is not in being forceful, but in, um, in my, in my patience mm-hmm. and my, and my, del- in my delivery of, because we're more emotional beings being like, being able to tap into that and also understand someone else's and being mm-hmm. able to draw on that and being more influential that way. Mm-hmm. And that has definitely been a serious growth area for me um, because I am definitely prone and more comfortable with being a bull in a China shop. Um, <laughs> that is my comfort zone. Like I will come in and run and around just and knock some stuff wreck over, wreck everything, <laughs> let you know, these are all of the feelings that I have and you should move by that, but that doesn't really get, make people move. And, and yeah. what I've noticed is that, or it makes them move temporarily yeah. to, to get so that they don't have to deal with the bull, <laughs> get mm-hmm. the bull out. But uh, that's not, doesn't make lasting impressions and lasting change. And the actual like quality of being a woman that does come with um, the emotional softer side that that actually can really motivate and move people. That makes sense. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you no, know, it's just sense. like it's just like the the great philosopher Beyonce Giselle Knows Carter <laughs> said. Not the middle um, philosopher. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she she said in. Um, yeah, I'm done with you, Erica. I can't even listen. I want to hear the quote. Come on, come on. So she says in Run the World, um, my persuasion can build a nation. Yes. Endless power. With our love, we can devour. You'll Mm do anything for me. There we go. I enjoy that song so much for various reasons. So I had to throw it in. Well, I really like when you I'm so glad you brought that up. (laughs) Really break down these songs, these uh, 90s 90s and 2000s R&B songs. Uh, That is, I love that part. And it speaks to me. That's true. That is true. So I listen a lot to um, Miles Monroe, who's um, um, the late and great Miles Monroe. He um, talks he has really good sermons about um, just the influence of women talks a, a great deal about marriage and like your position. And so one of his sermons, um, he talks about what women are and what women are not and what women are not. Um, he says they're not domestic slaves, sexual, not used for sexual gratification. Um, women are not personal property. Um, women are not unintelligent, weak or worthy of abuse. Um, those are things that we are not. Um, and if you go back to um, what I said earlier, we were created as one. So mm. when when God created man, he created man and he never went back to the dust. Mm, that's he good. went to Adam. So we came from Adam. We didn't come from the ground. Right. Um, so God only did that one time. So everybody was in Adam. Mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also said um, in Genesis 18 to 18, he said, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And um, the way he described alone, I'm talking about Miles Monroe is all in one. So it's not good for Adam to be all in one. We have to create more. And mm-hmm. so when you think about it, it's true that we're not any of these things and um, society and, you know, a number of other things, maybe the way you grew up, this could be something that you struggle with because this is what you were told. Right. Um, women are, however, the image of God, because it says in Genesis that we were created in the likeness and the image of God. So that's true too. Um, we're worshipers. We're dominators. However, like you said, um, I think Jasmine, you said um, an influence. So a man leads by position because he was formed first. So they're that that's how they lead. Women, however, lead by influence, which is powerful because influence can 
change position mm-hmm. can direct you differently. And like men talk, women look. I know if my mom gave me a look, I knew exactly what she was saying. <laughs> like to this you day. You got your tail whooped just from that look. <laughs> just from the look. It was like, that was yep. enough. My dad, however, he would say something and or not say something. My dad was really good about giving me the silent treatment. If he was mad at me, he wouldn't talk to me for like a week and it would just like break my heart. I'm like, oh, my gosh, when are we going to talk again? But I think like I remember um, growing up, my mom and she knew this, but I don't think she would ever admit to it. But um, my dad would go off of my mom's feelings. Mm -hmm. Like he would. So if my so if I was out you know, late or something like that. If my mom was upset and was making a big deal out of it, then my dad would make a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, and then my dad would call me, but that's not his, that's not his character. His, his, mm. He's very calm and like, just, you know, chill and oh, where is she? Oh, okay. You know, and he'll <laughs> go about his day. But my mom, if my mom wanted him to get like upset, she knew exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys saw that like growing up, but like my mom would like play off of my dad's emotions. Like she could, she could like easily manipulate it and not in a bad, like not purposely, but like I knew that if my mom was mad, my dad was going to be even madder. Mm-hmm. And if my mom was cool, he was going to be like, oh, okay, we're, we're fine about this. Right. <laughs> we're, this doesn't bother us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard stories like that about my paternal grandmother. Um, Cause my dad used to always tell us stories about, um, him and my aunts growing up so that's the way he described my grandmother like you know she would get my grandfather riled up and that was when <laughs> things was going down <laughs> mm-hmm. because my grandfather he was very like calm but yeah like the woman is the the thermostat in the house she turned up the heat it's on for everybody yeah. yeah I was like my dad didn't have to my dad is pretty just so steady and like he didn't eat wouldn't even show my mom had enough juice for all of all <laughs> the whole house for him and her. Okay. So if she was upset, he didn't have to say anything. He would just, you know, sit there with and be like, yep, what she said, do that because she mad. So you, <laughs> you should bring this out. <laughs> so definitely the thermostat. I think that influence can be very, um, very dangerous. And like, when you think about um, some of the men in the Bible, I think King Solomon said um, she could destroy a king. And of course he would know. I don't know if y'all knew this. I haven't gotten to this part of the Bible. I've read it like here and there, but he had over a thousand wives, like 700 oh. wives and like 300 like concubines or something like that. And I was just like, <sighs> but, and also the fall, his fall, you know, Solomon came from women. Like he was, you know, idolizing things and like women, um, pagan women and, you know, like, and God took everything that he promised away from him and left him with like one tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in, um, I think first, King... I'm getting a lion. Let me find it. Isn't he the one that made the Psalms? Yes. And he made, and that that's, you know, I'm going to, I was going to touch on that. Like, so we don't know when he wrote that, but mm-hmm. I would assume that he may have written the Proverbs maybe oh. while he was going through it. And, um, but yeah, um, from Abraham, from Adam to Abraham, to King David, to Solomon, they all were influenced by women and paid yeah. a great price. Yeah. Oh, and we forget one of the biggest of all, Samson. Samson, honey, yeah, Delilah. Him. Hey there, Delilah. <laughs> hey he there, died because of the because of his hair, right? Then she, like, yeah, because she yeah, convinced she him to tell me your him. secret, Samson. Go on, just tell me your secret. Why are you playing with my emotions? Just tell me your secret. Mm. He said, "Boo, it's those locks. These luscious locks." <laughs> mm-hmm. She was like, "Bet, <laughs> come get this, brother." <laughs> yep. <laughs> he ain't gonna mess with y'all no more. Yeah. So I don't I don't like this trend Robert. that that we've seemed to to hit on that women have influenced these men for for negative. So can we think of some examples where the women have influenced the men for Beyonce. the positive? Huh? Beyonce. No, I'm talking about the Bible. <laughs> Bible. I'm talking about the Bible. I mean, that's a good example though, in like uh modern day times. Um so so we talked about her a, a time where we're going to talk about her. Hannah. Uh, yeah. 
Sam, is it Samuel's mom? Yes. Mm-hmm. So Samuel's mom was married to some man and there was another <laughs> wife. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm trying to get to the story, but <laughs> there was another wife um, that he had and they would all go up to this place to um, like, what is it called? A temple to like give their sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. other wife would make fun of Hannah because she couldn't give baby, make babies or mm-hmm. have children. Mm-hmm. And so the husband actually like told Hannah, like, actually you, like you are my prize and um, like whatever you want to do, like the Lord's going to bless us. And like, I got your back, Jack. Let me try to find it. <laughs> I also don't think that. So in King with King David, I don't think that Bathsheba really influenced him. It was more so that he fell, you know, because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. And it just happened to be a woman. She was just minding her own business, taking a bath. So I don't know how much really she had to do with his issues. But I think, you know, if if I remember correctly, like he was supposed to be out fighting and he chose not to go. So, and, you know, ended up, um, you know, committing adultery with um, Uriah's wife and then lost his son and, you know, but I think... <clears throat> yeah, that was on him. That was on him. That wasn't really on her. So we're not going to take that. I just had one and then I lost it. Hold on. It is going to come back to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, Zipporah, Moses' oh, wife. Yes. Most, I did think about her, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. remember he was supposed to circumcise their son and he mm-hmm. didn't. And God was like, well, you about to get this smackdown. And Zipporah was like, no, no, no. No, don't don't kill him. I'm going to handle it. So she basically saved this man's life. I didn't realize that. That's good. Yeah, because then I think of like, mm, yeah, another bad example. So never mind. (laughs) And I (laughs) wonder if that is on purpose. Because it seems like, you know, the Bible times was also very like patriarchal. And I wonder if like a lot of the stories that happened to get in the Bible, because it was written by men. Mm-hmm. I got words like the bad stories about women. <laughs> two huge mm-hmm. ones. They're books in the Bible. Esther and Ruth. Oh yes. yeah, Jess. Uh, I forget that. How could we? I, I forget that. I Esther's influence. I mean, she used to- her position to save her people. So yeah, her, people. her influence was important. Oh yeah. Yep. And then um, I think um, who was um, Ruth's mother-in-law? Was it Naomi? Naomi. Naomi, mm-hmm. Naomi Mara. Um. Didn't she change her name to Mara because she was mm-hmm. bitter? That sounds yeah. Weird. Yeah. So, I mean, she had so much influence just even over, she positioned, she helped Ruth position herself to be able to mm-hmm. um, remarry. And, yeah, remarry mm-hmm. or get chosen. Yeah, be able mm-hmm. to remarry. Mm-hmm. So, um, she had a lot of, inf- she worked the, worked the system to her advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not in a bad way. Yeah. And then I was still trying to think about somebody in the New Testament. Was it was it Lydia? You because remember it was like Peter, he raised some woman from the dead who was like a big like influence in the town. Was it Lydia? I can't remember yes. who exactly was, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, Lydia. Yeah. And what was her name? Her what is the other name for Lydia? She like died. There was but name. like she had like done like so much for like the people in the town and was just like caring for everybody. So word got to to Peter and he raised her from the dead. Yes. Was it Lydia? I love it's how like, I'd be knowing it, these stories. Like... I just don't be knowing where it is. <laughs> so okay. There, there was like a whole like serious like service sermon series on this lady. Oh, that's gonna bother me. Now I gotta figure out. Yeah, we'll we'll find it and then we'll we'll put it in the episode description somewhere when we find it. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all can like look like, like we know what we're talking about. We just don't know where it's at. Listen, give us some grace. There's 66 <laughs> books in the Bible and there are a lot of verses and chapters. It could be and we are not Bible scholars, ain't nobody from seminary. <laughs> yeah, we didn't do none of them things. Yeah, so and, you know, we're just trying to make it out here. Know it's hard out here. We're also helpers, which is clearly stating I will make him a helper suitable for him. <laughs> and 
Um, another thing that we kind of didn't touch on was that we are incubators, mm. um, which is what he built within us as well. I know we talked about like emotions and um, how we process things and being of, of influence. But one of the things that we could do that, you know, Adam could not was reproduce and we can give birth. Right. Um, and, and, and give life a woman, um, or an incubator, I should say, receives, multiplies, it gives life and it gives it back. And I think that's where our power really lies. Um, you give a woman a seed, she multiplies and gives you a baby. You give a woman a house, you get a home. If you give a woman frustration, she's going to give you hell. And we see that like, time and time in the Bible where um, I think in Proverbs, it talks about like if a quarreling wife, um, what is the scripture? Let me read it. Hold on. And side note, her name is Dorcas, uh, hashtag Tabitha or AKA yes. Tabitha in Acts 9, 36. Thank you. I yep. was like, what is her name? <laughs> Dork. Do I was like, you know, it's do it like something. Do it like Dorcas. Yeah. Yeah. I can't find it. But yeah, like uh, a quarrelsome wife is like, as as bad as a leaky roof. Mm-hmm. Where is it? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I forget it's where Proverbs Proverbs somewhere. Is. It's in Proverbs. It's in Proverbs. There's a lot of um, prescriptions in Proverbs about not wanting to be near a woman with a bad attitude. Like it's better yeah. to be on top of the the roof in the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just yes. anywhere. Just in your, by yourself. <laughs> by Proverbs yourself. 14.1 and Proverbs 19.13. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could just start making oh, up things. Proverbs 21.9. Proverbs 21.19. <laughs> It's better to be on the back of a 18 mm-hmm. blur than you <laughs> just start making up stuff. <laughs> so funny. I read this. Um, I read an article um, called and her. It, the name of the article is Her Royal Roots. And um, it says she is where dreams and purpose um, deposition. It is her job to take what the man gives her and to multiply it and yield it back to him. Ten, a hundred and a thousand fold. She is not just a place to create, but she also serves as the mediator between the desire of the man and the product that the product of that desire. It is only through her that man can bring forth the life that he carries inside of his loins. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I know for me too, I've noticed that when someone says something to me, I usually remember it especially with like with Marcus, like if he says he's going to do something and he has an intention to do it and I notice that it's not being done, I'm like, hey, didn't you say you were going to do X, Y and Z? Um, mm-hmm. Why haven't you done that? It's it's almost like if 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 I believe in it, then I bring it back up until he tells me it's not going to happen or I see him start doing it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is like he's been <laughs> He's been um, New Year, right? So he's been like getting up early and like exercising. I'm like, okay, this is good. You said you were going to do this and now you're doing this. And like, I kind of in the beginning um, uh, was telling him like, hey, when are you going to start exercising? He's like, well, I'm going to do it in two weeks. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like watching my clock. Like, all right, has it been two weeks yet? Because you said you were going to do this and you haven't started yet. But it's just little things like that, that I've noticed um, that I kind of do. And I wonder if it's because of this nature that I have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a natural incubator. Yeah. And I think, you know, definitely in, you know, marriage and relationships, but I think I just also just in general in in teams, like I noticed that like just in, you know, workspaces or like with, you know, my friends, you know, um, just kind of adding that value to, to the team, like the, you know, the different strengths that the the males on the team have. I've noticed that sometimes thinking about my team now, like the males on the team are just very like, this is, this is the planner we're going to go. And I'm sometimes the one was like, okay, this, this all sounds great, but what about this, you know, this particular detail that if we don't, you know, take into account, it's like, oh, we're going to get to the day and we miss completely. Like what is, you know, the little small things that are necessary for the overall plan to to work and work effectively. So yeah, I think that that is one of the the things that we do as women, just in all of the the spaces that we mm-hmm. inhabit. So yeah, we're producers. Mm-hmm. We encourage. We support. 
we prophesy and we're receivers. Um, if you want um, a woman to fulfill her purpose, you must give her, you must give to her. Taking from her may confuse her purpose. And I started thinking about situations where women have had something taken from them. I, I thought about um, like, you know, rape victims, like when you mm-hmm. take something mm-hmm. um, as, um, as something that's supposed to be so intimate and, and um, just it's devastating, you know, it can, it can lead to like years and years of confusion, hurt, and also just like um, time. Like I think mm-hmm. when someone anyone when when anyone it could be man a man or a woman but like when even a friend takes so much of your time and consumes so much of it and you feel empty um mm-hmm. it, it does kind of you know confuse you a little bit i think where you where you kind of you know yeah you go. i think time is a huge one because that's a um a limited resource and it's one yeah. that you never get back mm-hmm. and um when anyone, and this is so important too, about discernment and guarding your own heart, right? But when someone comes in and and they are requesting of your time, but then are not, but are only taking taking that, so they're not planting mm-hmm. seeds. It's all a one way relationship. Um, it's not reciprocal. Then that can be very confusing because it's like you're asking of my time. Mm-hmm. But, and I'm trying to give, be able to pour out these gifts I have for you, but then what, sometimes it doesn't, if you're, if, especially if you're presenting yourself, like you're going to be giving something back mm-hmm. um, and you don't, that can be very confusing. Yeah. yeah. And deceptive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I kind of wish that it said love women instead of wives, because I felt like that kind of isolated a lot of women who may not be married. Like, so our husbands, is is this command only for? Uh, so you, you're saying you wish it said, like, instead of husbands, love your wives, you wish it was something that was saying like men, men love, love women, your, love women, you know? Um, but then like, I, you know, in thinking that, I was like, well, there is another command where um, um, in Matthew 22, 36, where it says um, they asked him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself in the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So like I guess it kind of touches on it. Like your neighbor can be a man or a woman and you're supposed to love them. But um, I do wish that like, why did it say husbands love your wives and not men love women? I don't know. I mean, I, I think just because of, you know, all the, the metaphors, the metaphors of marriage throughout the Bible is, you know, about Christ as the bridegroom loving the church. I think that's mm-hmm. also the the emphasis but I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think even if it's not there in scripture, I think there could be more of an in, emphasis in the church about how men and women should interact with each other, like what what they can gain from each other, like the strengths of of the other um, mm-hmm. and not just in relationships. Like you shouldn't just be nice. Men shouldn't just be nice to women if they want to, you know, sleep with them you should be <laughs> and and a lot and, and in culture it's like you're I'm nice the dude's like I'm nice to you until I get what I want and if you put up roadblocks that's when, like I've heard that from so many like of my friends like they're talking to like this guy and as long as like you're sweet and nice to them it's all cool but the minute you give them a no it's like it's a completely different person it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde mm-hmm. and I'm like uh-uh, I'm not about that <laughs> Yup. <laughs> Y'all already know. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, where in the Bible, I guess, um, we've said Proverbs. Do you see the Bible giving advice on a godly woman? And I guess it is Proverbs. Um, what do y'all think about that? 
mean, I think Proverbs is like Proverbs 31 is the the main go to. And I think like we've just talked about just 31, though, just Proverbs 31. I think it's throughout Proverbs. But I think mm-hmm. when you think about like from the Bible and church standpoint, like what a woman should be, it's always you always go straight to Proverbs 31. That is the the women's mm-hmm. chapter <laughs> in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely throughout throughout Proverbs. And I think you can even look at like if you do like you know study of like specific women in the bible you know studying like their their character traits um and how they moved how they you know approached god how they approached the people around them i think um a lot of wisdom can be gained um from that as well it's a little bit more time consuming mm-hmm. but yeah yeah i agree um i think we we talked about it a little bit i think last episode but yeah there's some besides Proverbs 20 or 31, there's not much fun stuff about women in Proverbs. So um, some of the ones that we might've chatted about before was first Peter three, Titus two and first Timothy three, where they just talk about women being worthy of respect and, um, and how, uh, where is it? about how women can change like a woman that follows the heart of the Lord. And this is first Peter three essentially can change, change her husband's outlook. And Mm -hmm. um, you can like wives in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husband so that if any of them do not believe in the word, they may be one without words, but the behavior of their wives when they see Mm -hmm. the purity and reverence of your lives. So, um, so yeah, we have, saying that like, Hey, you can, you can change a whole person's life mm-hmm. by the way mm-hmm. you act and the way you mm-hmm. uh, move and by what you put out there in the world. Like you have the, you have the influence to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, like I said before, um, um, Proverbs is, is said to be written by um, King Solomon as like advice to his son. Is that um, so why I, he got so many bad things about women? Because you know he had, what was it, 300 wives? He had a 1,000. <laughs> oh, he had 1,000 wives. I know he had a lot. Maybe that's why. He was just like, he, Well, just it says, I read somewhere that it said he had 700 wives and, and 300, 300 concubines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so maybe that's why he was salty about women. Yeah, too many of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, too many of them. I don't know if he was salty or if he was like, I can't believe I let this happen. Because he was like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's guess he that's was busy. What, I mean, the responsibility <laughs> was, of a king, I guess. Busy. Like, what? But um, I don't know. You know, I for me, I guess if I had to think about it, my assumption would be that you know this was written as a guide for his son and to not make the mistakes that he did, um, and also to to I think it was it might have been written after you know after his reign ended or maybe during his trials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, he's like sitting in a room writing some proverbs and he's like, okay, this is what I learned this week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I think it's interesting that if you have to, you know, have all these proverbs and there was more too. I don't, I think what we see in the Bible is probably not all that he wrote um, and, you know, pertaining to this topic. But if, if we need this much advice about for men, what woman to go after and for women what kind of woman to be mm-hmm. then how powerful are we yeah very yeah it must be really powerful because there's a lot to, they had a lot to say he had a lot to say yeah yeah but you know what the the great philosopher um spider-man said no oh, actually gosh. no it was uncle ben <laughs> It was Uncle, Uncle ben, ben who said this. With, with great power the, comes the great responsibility. No, oh, Spider-Man, like Uncle. No. <laughs> he talks. No, you clearly have not watched enough Marvel. And no, I've never watched, I said, I'm going to be honest. I've never watched Spider-Man. Oh gosh, of all the guys. But listen, I said during our trailer I was going to put Marvel up in here, and then boom. So yes, um, Spider-Man, not uncle. the rice guy. Yeah, not the rice guy. Spider-Man's <laughs> uncle. Before he died, he said he told he told Peter Parker, which is Spider-Man's alias for you, Melina, who have never seen Spider-Man. He told I knew that. Him, <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. So I think that is something that all of us as women should internalize as well. Like Absolutely. All right. So. 
you know, from Solomon to Beyonce to Peter Parker, <laughs> James, Brown. James Brown. We have just been all over the scripture and the culture in this episode. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed our shenanigans. Thank you for tuning in and uh, rocking with us for another episode of Church Days. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Church Days. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of this episode. You can share, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Our intro music was created by Noah Makes Music on Fiverr, and our cover art was made by MAJ. And you can follow her on Instagram at E-M-A-E-J-A-I. They are both super awesome creators. And a super special shout out to you, Caroline, our production assistant and intern extraordinaire. And we will catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.